TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 536, and I'm Olivia, your host. And this week, we have returning guests. This is Tom. I'm chair of communication at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hey, this is Peter. I write for Why So Blue, and I live in Hollywood. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Wade Novelis. All right, let's start off with the news. And Tom, you have the news for us this week. Go ahead. I have the news. I'll go through it quickly. Reacher. uh, Reacher is the first Amazon series to hit number one on the streaming uh, Nielsen ratings. They've also ordered two seasons of an animated comedy from Rami Youssef under his new first look deal with the network. And the God of War series adaptation is being shopped at Amazon. AMC has ordered an Isle of the Dead Walking Dead spinoff with Maggie and Negan. Just yeah. let it die. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito is going to star in The Driver, which is an adaptation of a UK series about a taxi driver who agrees to chauffeur a gangster who's notorious for exploiting undocumented immigrants. Oh, oh wait, qu- question. is So is Giancarlo playing the gangster, or is he playing the Oh, no, the he's taxi- playing the, I think he's playing the driver. Ooh, hmm. change-up. He's playing the driver. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Disney Plus has greenlit an Electric Mayhem band television series starring Lily Singh. So for those Muppet files out there, yay! Uh, freeform, fascinating. As Zoe as Zoe Johnson prepares to graduate college, season five of Grownish, it looks like it's going to shift to focus on Junior, played by Marcus Scribner. So no, de- a, a lot of details aren't available yet, but they're basically bringing in a new showrunner, and it looks like they're they might. We don't know if he's going to go to college or just if he's going to well, get married. Well, because yeah, he's a dropout as far as yeah, I know. So he's... it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, HBO Max has officially ordered the pink, the Batman. Spinoff starring the Penguin ah! in the lead role. <laughs> making loads of money worldwide. I know, this is all just making me crazy, that's all. Go ahead. They're also, they've also announced they're going to start matching advertisers with specific films or groups of movies with a brand block on the ad-supported version of HBO Max. Hulu has ordered a series, Career Opportunities in Murder and Mayhem drama with Mandy Patinkin. Uh, MTV, uh, Dylan O'Brien has said he will not appear in the Teen Wolf reunion movie. He has nothing but fond memories and feel, feels he left the show or he left when, when the series ended in a good place. Netflix has ordered The Residents, a White House murder mystery series from Shondaland. The One Piece live action series has added six actors. The only one I've heard of was Jeff Ward from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Never I Have I Ever has been picked up for a fourth and final season and they canceled Babysitter's Club. At Paramount Plus, Alan Cumming is finally bringing Eli Gold to The Good Wife in two episodes of the upcoming season, which is interesting because his daughter is has been a series regular since the beginning, the, the character's daughter. Uh, Paramount Television has set a first-look deal with Marielle Heller. She was director of Can You Ever Forgive Me and A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and she also played Alma, the adoptive mom in Queen's Gabin. Peacock announced that Marry Me is the most streamed day-and-date movie on their network, and Bel Air is the top TV series. Nick Offerman has been cast in The Resort, a drama thriller. Renee Zellweger is set for a drama about World War II WASP, that's Women's Air Force Service Pilots, 
called Avenger Field, and Felicia D. Henderson will serve as the showrunner. It's based on uh, true events. Stars has picked up Power Book 4 Force for Season 2. Warner Media Discovery shareholders approved the merger with Mortar Media, and one of the first things they announced is Sesame Workshop is going to expand its content alliance with Warners to fight for kids' attention in streaming wars. Evidently, the Sesame Workshop uh, uh, hub on HBO Max is very popular with the kids. Nice. Okay. That's it. All right. Let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about Killing Eve. And it's a little fuzzy for me because I watched both episodes back to back. But Allison, you just watched episode two more recently than me. But the main thing that I really like about the second episode is we really get to delve into uh, Villanelle's uh, Jesus persona. Who is just as crazy as she is. And it ended pretty much the way I predict, you know, as you would think it would end with Villanelle and craziness. I mean, her whole idea that she could be like baptized, born again, and it will redeem her from being a murderer into being a good person gives a lot of weight because she's a sociopath so like she doesn't she's she is literally faking it she's pretending to do all the motions of of what this religion requires without the actual belief exactly and it just goes it it just goes nuts and and she goes nuts and then there's murder so um what did you think I thought it was a great episode. I mean, you know, if someone would, would tell me that, you know, it's it's an episode where Villanelle goes camping. I really, I don't I don't know what I'd make of that, except that they it was absolutely fantastic all the way through. And like you said, I mean, you're, you're just pretty much counting down the moments for when the inevitable is going to happen. But the ride is so much fun to get there. I mean, it's, it, it, of course, this whatever it is that that made her want to to be good of course it's not going to work because she's really not invested in it she's just got this this she she uh, wants to impress eve well she wants to impress eve right but she also i think that you know there's a deeper thing there which is why she's seeing this that you know her she's talking to this jesus self of hers um that i think she she wants to show everybody that she's not as horrible and monstrous as they say they are. It's it's one of those those um, oh yeah well uh, I I can do better uh, kind of things. You know it's like you don't know me um, and yeah they do. Uh, but I, I, the 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 conversations between her and her her little inner Jesus um, were were fantastic. And of course as it goes along. The, the this this voice of hers this you know identity becomes more and more like her and just keeps and starts going just from egging her on be a better yeah. person to egging her on and and be you know encouraging the worst parts of her and it giving her an excuse right for, for doing that so um i i just thought all of that was great and you you're, you're watching all these people dealing with her who you know they're trying to to give her the the benefit of the doubt and well actually not really except except the the minister knew he knows like that there's something wrong with her 
which is why he, he... but he should have distanced himself from her you know instead of trying to just shrug and take her along and and his his daughter is it was just delusional as far as that was concerned even after she's she almost killed her um she's still trying to forgive her and find the goodness inside and all of that yeah and and of course that works out predictably yeah lots of blood yeah, so I, I have to. The murder scene was not surprising, though. I was actually sad she killed the daughter. Like, I kind of, I kind of liked her. The the father, not so much, because I felt like he asked for it. Um, but the daughter, I felt bad for. Uh, the hilarity ensued when she killed the the Jesus. That was because I mean, technically, it's it's in her head. She didn't actually do mm-hmm. it, but it still managed to be gruesome, which I thought was hilarious. Um, and then Eve is going through whatever he was, Eve basically has like switched personalities with Villanelle. Like she's decided she's going to become Villanelle or something, which well, is, I don't know about that, but she, she's just, she's so determined to go after the 12 that she's kind of losing track of, of her moral center a little bit, not anywhere near to to what villanelle is doing i think the the first episode made her look more villanelle-ish than the second episode yeah and i think i think that she's she's she has got the moral core that villanelle lacks which is what always will hold her back from doing really horrific things but she feel i feel like she doesn't think that there's a line anymore so that's the thing that's kind of weird about her and I'm not particularly fond of her boy new boy toy. I mean, he came out of well, nowhere. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't seem like he's that. That like she's that fond of him either. He's just <laughs> useful. <laughs> All right. Well, nothing. I can't think of anything particular going on in her storyline that really needs discussing, other than she's moving more towards the twelve, and that's about it. Um, but overall, this has been pretty good. I just, like I said, I feel like we left with the two of them together and now we're back and they're not together and they really haven't told us why. And that's a little frustrating. Yeah. The Uh, show is better. I think when they, they get the two of them in the same scene, Right. although, you know, I mean, from the very beginning, they always find ways to like have them chase each other for a while before anything like that happens. But I'm just hoping, especially because this is the last season, that they pull them together sooner rather than later. Right. All right. So let's wrap this one up. Uh, thumbs up for me. Um, still, still on the train. We're, we're this is the last season, so I really want them to to make this all fit together and work. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Superman and Lois. And in this episode, uh, we basically pick up where we left off last week, where the government arrests Superman. Because uh, f- he doesn't want to do what they want, which is such a weird thing. Like this it's general General Anderson, yeah. And basically, he won't. Superman won't give up where Bizarro is. And yeah, so but Ant- I mean, I feel like he acts goes... like he acts like Superman is under his chain of command, and he's been doing that since the beginning of the season. And Superman's like, dude, I don't work for you. And he keeps getting frustrated. He's like, I can't trust him because he doesn't do what I tell him to do. And I'm like, how, how is this news? It feels bizarre 
that this guy is 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 getting like that. So anyway, and then he goes nuts at the end. So whatever. Well, he goes rogue. So yeah, that's what I said. He goes nuts. He's like, because he realizes he's gone too far, and he knows he can't go back. So he just steals a bunch of crap and leaves. And uh, he kills Bizarro. Yes, he does kill Bizarro, which. Is that I don't know if that only thing is he Bizarro had information that they needed, so that's the only negative, and so it also feels like they brought Bizarro, they had a couple fights, they locked him up, and now he's dead. So, what was what was that about? Well, it, obviously Ali Austin is the bigger threat. So right, that's true. I just felt like they built him up. They had like so many episodes where we were seeing through his eyes. We didn't know what was going on. And then when they finally reveal him, we had like a couple of fights in the end. I will say that the relationship with the brother is way more interesting now. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing with that. Because now that he's kind of uh, an an uneasy alliance, it's kind of interesting. I didn't care for him. Season one, it's almost, even when he was... Even when we just thought he was just more, well, we knew he was more than Morgan Edge. But season one, he was more mustache twirling. This season, there's a lot of more nuance. Yeah, he's and very we apologize. yeah. Say what? Yeah, yeah, he he's much more subtle this season. And when he apologize for attacking Jordan, and, and you know, tell you know, tell tell your son I'm sorry, and 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 Cal says, hopefully one day you can tell him yourself. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't a perfect episode, and I, I really would like to see Steel back in here. Um, oh yeah, he's in a coma right now. Yeah, yeah, Steel and and Natalie back because I I thought it was kind of a cheat that uh, the daughter Lana's daughter I, Sarah calls her crush from camp instead of calling Natalie to say hey, you know. Um, oh, that's right. Because they had I, developed a friendship, personal, right? They had developed a personal friendship. stuff because they started bonding them. So yeah. I'm still, boy, the Lana stuff. Ooh, I'm not fast forwarding through it yet, but I don't know. It just seems so tangential and shoehorned in. I I am fast forwarding through it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about her run for mayor at all. I don't care about her divorce at all. Um, so I feel like it has nothing to do with the main storyline and they haven't made me care about her character enough to care about all this other stuff. That's the biggest, structurally, that's the biggest problem. It's, it's a complete, completely divorced, pardon the pun, from the main storyline. So I'm like, eh, whatevs. Yeah, exactly. But, oh, and then they, they have ramification for Jonathan smoking all the drugs. Well, that was pretty failing, serious. That was failing I, all the drugs and getting getting, getting got ready busted. To picked out of school. Yeah, so he's he is now uh, out of school. He has to be, I guess, homeschooled or well, whatever. They haven't officially kicked him out of school yet. It, well, he claims he's not going to narc, but she. What the thing is, they haven't established the girlfriend as anyone interesting. So yeah. I don't care if he narcs on her. I'm just like, dude, it was her drugs. Why should you do the time for it? I wouldn't be surprised if somebody else marks on her. Yeah, because I'm like, why why would you get ruin your entire life for a girl that you just kind of are okay with? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Um. So, anyway, so that storyline, I'm interested, 
And I, I really liked Clark's speech to him. Oh, yeah. That was really good. I was like, ooh, excellent father moment. It, it's really interesting. I mean, d- despite the show's ups and downs, and some things work better than others, really, th- the whole premise of the show is Superman as family drama. And a lot of times, the family stuff really works well. It's yeah. some of the supporting character family stuff that I care not for. Yeah, the, trying to make it about Lana's family doesn't work. And I don't know why they keep trying. It, it's... If anything, I only care the daughter. I find her kind of interesting because she's dating uh, Jordan, and yeah. and I like her as a character. But I don't care about Lana or her husband. So anytime we deal with them, I'm bored out of my mind. Uh, anyway, so let's move on. Uh, next up, we're gonna talk uh, Turning Red, which is technically a movie, but uh, Peter and Tom really wanted to talk about it. So go go ahead, guys. Peter, go first. Yeah, I uh, I loved it. Um, one of the th- uh, it's, I guess I we, I feel like we have a lot of shows or sorry, not just shows, or shows or movies or whatever that focus on when they focus on um, young teens or young adults or whatever or young kids. A lot of times they are especially in something like a Pixar, like Onward, they are young boys who are like, you know, on their fantasy quest and everything. And that's totally fine. I have, I, I didn't mind Onward or whatever. But I guess what, what struck me as so fresh about Turning Red is, one, not only is it, you know, um, it's, it's about a uh, Chinese-Canadian immigrant family, but the, but the main character is a 13-year-old girl uh, Mei Ling, who with her, I think three other friends mm-hmm. uh, are basically in eighth grade, and you know they're 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 on the cusp of you know going through adolescence and everything. And I was surprised at how refreshing the Pixar twist of some kind of fantasy element, which is that you know she turns into a big red panda, uh, <laughs> worked, worked so well with this kind of coming of age tale. You know, like it. You know, there so much of the girls' mindsets are on things that are funny yet seem absolutely true. But a big portion of the story is that they really want to go to the 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 big four town concert, which is a oh also sorry the 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 movie takes place in two thousand two, so it's very much like a boy band. So they have a huge crush on all the boy band characters and. The main character's fear is that because she turns into a panda when she emotionally can't handle things, either if she's excited about seeing a boy or if she's angry about the stress her mom puts her on and her mom is played by Sandra Oh and she's fantastic. Um, I loved that they were able to take something that's like, so this is not a world ending thing. The, 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 the crux of this is, can she remain her cool because she wants to go to this boy band concert and like, and it, it just works so well. And there's so many other cute things of, of the era. You know, she has a little Tamaguchi that she's always feeding and <laughs> like, it's just, I'm for 90 minutes. It, I've already watched it more than twice. And it's just, it's so fresh and fun. Now I will say what, before I let Tom uh, say what he thought of it, um, one of the things that's interesting is while I do think the art style is 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 creative and fun, it is interesting that the art style sort of takes a backseat to the characters and 
um, uh, the humor and story because this is not the normal eye candy that you get with like a Toy Story 4 or, or Disney's recent Encanto, which I thought was so gorgeous. I am not, again, this is not me saying the sh that it's ugly or anything, but I don't know if maybe, Tom, you would agree. A lot of Disney stuff, Disney Pixar, it has a an eye candy, like there's a texture to everything <clears throat> that's so beautiful that you can look at every frame. This is strangely not that. And at first, for, I'd say the first 15, 20 minutes, I was like, oh, you know, I was like, it's not really wowing me visually, but it really didn't matter because the characters and the story was so engaging um, that I was, I just really fell in love with it. Go ahead, Tom. I loved it. I, I've got to hand it to Disney and Pixar for taking puberty, gender roles, and the model, the, the model minority myth and basically placing them all in this movie and it's delightful. I, I ended up watching um, the first two acts on a phone I was on my cell phone I was traveling, and then I got home in time to watch Act 3, but I, I plan to rewatch the whole thing within the next week. Um, but all the things they did in this movie, I mean, there's so many subtle things. The fact that the dad is the one who apparently makes meals for the family regularly, <laughs> you know, and, it, and, and it's not put out there as this big thing. It just is a fact. Um, the, 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 the girls have a frenemy at school and the big, basically <laughs> to earn money to go see the concert, cause the t tickets are ridiculously expensive. They, they decide to use the red panda as a side hustle to make money. <laughs> so yeah, was I, was not, I was not <laughs> expecting that. And it was just, um, I can't. I can't comment on um, Peter's take on the visual aesthetics because I watched most of it on a small, so I, I need to watch it, it fully on a big screen. I wish it was playing in more theaters. I don't live in LA anymore, so I can't go to El Capitan to see it. Uh, my bestie's wife is probably gonna take my goddaughter to, to see it. But I just loved, and the fact that they didn't stray away from the fact of what uh, what else happens when, you, when you're 13 and a girl and start going through puberty. I mean- That was great, but, yeah. But yeah, I just, I just, it's delightful. I think, um, Peter, I'm glad that you you texted on our thread about this because I, I made it a priority to to uh, to download this. I couldn't the first day. I could not download it because the servers were busy, <laughs> and I just got it turned and turned and turned. So I was able to download it yesterday. But um, I I agree with Peter's assessment. It's probably the best thing Pixar's done since Coco. And yeah. don't get me wrong, I liked Onward and I liked Luca. I love this movie. And for people who are complaining because a girl is the lead and because it's an Asian girl, boo! We've <laughs> <laughs> been watching all these white heroes for decades. I still haven't, you know, I like Soul, don't get me wrong, but I still haven't had my, you know, my black teenage male hero yet. You know, we had... Uh, we had the one, you know, the the last 2D Disney animated movie, which like didn't love, but come Princess and the Frog. But seriously, come on, these themes are universal. Right. And by the time you get to the end of the movie, and I won't, you know, there there are lots of surprises, but it's a great film. And I'm annoyed that Disney keeps putting the Pixar films on Disney Plus. Yes, it's you know you want to drive your sales up or subscriptions up. But these movies deserve to be seen in the theater because they're good. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Thumbs up, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
All right, next up, we're going to talk about Picard. And uh, this was episode two. And it starts with uh, Q giving his big explanation on why he's screwing with Picard. And I have to say, the thing that was weird is it actually didn't make sense. Like, he's like, I'm showing you the thing that you did and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, since when was Picard... The end of the road not taken, I think was the phrase he used. Yeah, but it's weird because I was like, when did Picard make you think he wanted to be a dictator? Like, all of that was just so strange that this was the world that Q created uh, based on Picard. And I was really confused by that. But the one saving grace was that Picard was like, dude, Q, are you all right? You look a little like you're out of it. So it might be that Q's kind of out of his mind while he's doing this. Uh, which is the only explanation I can think of for why he would create this scenario, um, particular I, I scenario. Will, I will say, and I'm because I, I'm, I'm, I know the least about Star Trek. I mean, I've seen a lot of Star Trek, but compared to everybody else on this thing, and I, I'm, I can't wait to hear what Allison and Tom and everyone has to say. But I will say that while I thought it was a very entertaining episode, um, and it, and it's, and it's fun, and I can't wait to see where we lead because I'm assuming we're going to get to the year. What is it? Twenty twenty five, which is essentially our time, right? I think, right. It's, like, um, which is a very Star Trek four like type of thing. And they even they even mentioned that they're like, oh, Kirk, Kirk was able to go to slingshot around the sun. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's Star Trek four. Um, but I will say, what was kind of weird for me was that I agree with you that I liked that Picard is like, Q, are you okay? Because it's like, even for you, something seems off. I did like that. But what was kind of strange about the whole episode was I, until they get to the reveal that it's like, oh, Q basically changed something in the past and it's basically screwed up, you know, the, the galaxy in this in this timeline and everything. A part of me when I was watching the episode was kind of like, all right, so it's an alternate version where everything is super fascist. It's called the it's the Confederation. It's not the Federation. But a part of me from from Picard's point of view and the character's point of view was I was like, why do I care about this? All I should care about is like, all right, there's a version of this that is super Nazi like, but I just need to get out of here. Like, so it was, it was kind of when they're like, Oh, here's all these skulls. Here's the people you killed. I'm like, I didn't, if I was Picard to be like, yeah, I didn't do anything. I didn't do any of this. So I don't know why I'm supposed to feel for this. It's just well, like, I think should, I think, I think he was more them. stunned that any version of himself was capable. Well, um, I mean, there's always an evil version. We've learned in com. There's always an ultra <laughs> evil version. There's, there's, I mean, there's like, a whole mirror oh, universe devoted to that. That's yeah, true too. That is a, true. Yeah. That is true. But anyway, but, I, but yes, your your thing is how do we escape this until we find out? Oh, this is our universe. There is no escaping this. You can well, only you're change correct. It. And then it's right. like, oh, all right, now the stakes are higher. Oh, I also liked, even though I haven't seen her since first contact. I liked seeing uh, a new... Uh, oh, the Boar Queen? Which is, I guess it's the woman from 24. It's Amy Hershey. It's Annie, Annie Wershing. Wershing. Uh, so that was cool, how she's like in this weird prison thing in her mind. Like, that was pretty interesting. But anyways, I'll let you guys talk. Uh, Allison, go ahead. Um, I really like this episode. I was, you know, the, the first, the opener uh, kind of... I don't know. It was it was it was kind of draggy and we had to revisit everybody. But in this episode, everything kind of clicked into gears as to what the the main storyline was going to be about. And it's like, okay, this is what we're doing 
for the season. And I, I think, you know, like you, I, I was like, I was thinking, why is Q doing this? What in the world would make you think that, that John Luke needs to atone for something that an alternate version of him that you just cooked up did? I, none of this makes sense. And, and like you, it was it, uh, the, the part that um, intrigued me was the notion that there's something wrong fundamentally right. with Q. Right. And I'm, I'm looking forward to them revisiting that, which is interesting because normally Q does nothing but irritate the hell out of me. So the fact that I'm actually <laughs> engaged and looking forward to something having to do with his character um, other than going away is, is interesting and a credit to the show. Um, all the rest of the stuff. I mean, it, you know, the, the whole thing with the Borg Queen having to go with them was predictable as hell. And you're just staring at it and going, no, this is not a good idea. That's um, that's going to go horribly wrong very quickly. Of course it's going to go horribly wrong. I mean, they're bringing the Borg Queen to an earlier version of Earth that has zero understanding of her, much less defenses. And and yet is is um, a, a high technology uh civilization that she can invade so yeah of course it's a bad idea and of course it's going to go wrong in the worst ways um but that aside i i still am intrigued as to what it what what exactly it is they need to correct what went wrong and all the all the stuff that's going to go on i'm I'm kind of hoping that it has that feel of of the uh star trek 4 which was lighter and more fun, I think, than than the usual. Uh, so I'm hoping that they adopt that kind of feel to the the. Time I, I, I don't I don't think it's going to be happy in sun sunbeams and birds, but well, uh, I don't think it's. I think that there's going to be serious stuff, but I I'm I'm hoping that within that they inject the kind of humor that that. Oh, okay, uh, I see what you mean. That one had, yeah, yeah, yeah. because. There, there was, there was a lot of humor in that particular movie, and I'm hoping that they mine that uh, right. for this. All right, Tom, your thoughts before we move on? No, I thought it was, I thought it was a good episode. Um, it didn't bother me because obviously, it's a, in in the prime timeline, things were about to go horribly awry because it looked like the Borg Queen was going to assimilate the entire fleet, <laughs> and so one could argue that Q gives uh, Jean-Luc a unique escape route, because but Q never makes things that easy. So he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to play with you a little bit. So he's, you know, created some kind of event in near our time that causes earth to become a totalitarian empire, blah, blah, blah. What's fascinating is it's the exact opposite of what they did in the mirror universe in the uh, DS9 TNG era where all the aliens teamed up against all the humans. Right. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, you know, obviously, yeah, they, a little bit of a plot contrivance, but I want to see how it's going to play out. And it was always, it, it was kind of interesting to see where they put our, you know, our stalwart characters from the prime timeline in this new reality. Well, I like Seven as president. I thought her, her husband <laughs> was a weasel, though. Oh, I really, yeah. I was like, how and why would she marry him on any timeline? He seems so not Weasley. Yeah, it's like why would she marry this dude? But anyway, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Disco, which or excuse me, Star Trek Discovery, which I <laughs> forgot to watch this week. Um, so you guys talk about it. I'm, I'm just one week behind. I just I I just got behind. That's all. 
What'd you guys think? I thought I'll go ahead and start. I thought it was a good episode. Um, I mentioned before we started the podcast, they need to start doing 10 episode seasons because it, this season has been wildly draggy. Yeah. And it just feels like there were literally that was episode 12, but some of these episodes could have, there were episodes where literally nothing happened. Right. So 10 episode seasons, people, um, what we, it was called Species 10, whatever the... 10C. 10 10C. 10 species 10C, and the whole conceit of uh, them communicating through emotions, and then a combination of emotions, and then uh, mathematical equations. I thought that was all really kind of fascinating. I mean, it was hardcore sci-fi that we don't get a lot of on Star Trek, because face it, Star Trek is really space opera. So... Um, I'm kind of annoyed that it took them this. It took them the whole episode to figure out that Tignataro was not on the ship. <laughs> By the way, she's awesome. She's awesome. I Tignataro really, makes everything better. They need to use her more because you know. And, and since Tilly's gone, maybe they can. But um, no, I thought the whole thing with with uh, what's his face, the the evil alien dude played by the dude, the the evil dude from the Expanse, Sean something. Come on, we all know he was crazy and gonna do dumb stuff and get people killed in the process. So he, he was very, and, he, and all his motivation is super selfish. So oh yeah. of course yeah. that's that's where he's going. Yeah. And of no, course, I haven't even seen the episode, and I'm not surprised. So <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I thought it was a great episode. I th- I mean, you know, it's damning with faint praise to say that this was the best episode of the season because this season has been, you know, just kind of bleh, uh, you know, from, from the beginning. Um, and I agree with Tom. There wasn't enough story here to justify this many episodes. Most of the time was spent. I mean, if you just cut out all the parts where people stare meaningfully at each other and then, <laughs> and then monologue forever. There's about a lot of monologues. Wealthy. Oh, Lots God. Of it's like, I mean, I, I think I've started to just fast forward through things like that. Fortunately, we only got one of those moments in, the, in this episode. And, you know, that was it was mercifully brief. But the, the, the rest of the show was was actually great. It's like, oh, this this season had a point. This is where we're getting to. Um, like Tom, I loved all the stuff having to do with the communicating with the aliens. I was fascinated with that. I thought that was a genuinely interesting form of language to develop for, for the species. Um, and, and all of that was, was fascinating to watch. I knew it was going to all be blown up by, by the (laughs) crazy man, um, on their ship. Um, and I loved all the stuff with Tignataro. I, I agree. I want to see more of her. I assume that she's not in a lot, not because they don't want to use her, but because her own schedule won't yeah. uh, allow for it. I'm sure. But, and, uh, and she's probably not cheap either. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm sure that's why they parcel her out. Just you know, But they did use her fantastically in this episode. And her entire speech to, to, book, uh, to Booker um, about... Uh, you know, how she she was reacting to the death of her wife uh, by trying to keep this guy alive because he saw he looked his eyes looked like hers and it had nothing to do with him it had everything to do with with the feelings that she had. Um, I, I thought all of that was brilliant, you know. And she she actually managed to say something that that finally reached Booker. Um, 
Of course, it was too late by then, but still, it was nice to hear. Uh, so all, all those scenes were great. Um, I'm I'm really really over the the crazy guy, and I'm really hoping that we we reach the the resolution for him sooner rather than later. Um, and uh, I mean, we only have like one episode for left in this series, I think, in this season. So uh, I would assume they're going to get to the point next week but yeah uh i mean really the episode was great but they've really gotta come up with doing more than just standing and staring and marking time (laughs) all right let's move on uh next up we're gonna talk about resident alien and in this episode uh we're still in new york and uh harry finds out that because they're about to leave because they find out that the alien he's come to look for is dead and he gets all depressed and then he's like wait he's a stone wait he was standing oh no that means something and i was like at first i thought it meant that the guy was just like had frozen himself and he wasn't really dead but apparently that's how they have babies sure uh, so they break it apart, and there's an egg. And so now Harry gets to be a daddy. So what did you think of the episode? I I thought it was a great episode. I, I thought, I mean, they're, they're kind of, they, they kind of retcon the description of how they breed from, like, several episodes ago. But uh, that was okay. I mean, you know, it's. I'm not going to hold that against them. Um, I'm interested to see what pops out of that egg. <laughs> uh, the mind reels as to where they're going to go with that. But I, th- I thought it was great. I mean, you've got Harry being pursued by various factions. Oh, that of, was right. Cause uh, the, there's these two groups. guys and then there's a hit woman. And she's like, who the heck are these guys? Like, I thought they were all working together until she kills yeah. them. Well, she, she, I assume is, she's the one who's working with the general. Or right. was until Harry took care of her in this episode. He, it was so funny. He was like, it was like, she's like, what happened to the window? He goes, oh, I just needed to breeze. She's like, you have blood all over your face. He goes, oh, well, now I can't lie about this. He's like, well, I killed a very bad woman. <laughs> but that's okay. I threw her out the window. Um, yeah, because, you know, like you do. The, but, uh, yeah, I think she is. And the other guys are are clearly working for whatever... It is that the the real Harry was involved in. Oh, that was, that's who those guys. Oh, right. Because yeah, I was cause... confused. I, I didn't realize. I was like, who do those guys work for? Oh, yeah. yeah that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because when, when Harry, when, when he met the other guy at the diner. Oh, and, right. And he made it clear that he's not doing whatever it is that they wanted him to do in, you know, in the cabin. Um, then suddenly he became a liability. So we we still aren't clear on everything. I mean, obviously Harry's the one who killed the doctor, but other than that, we really don't know why and or what it is they were involved in. They were obviously hiding kind of, something in the patient information, but I don't know what that is. Something, but we haven't learned exactly what, and I right. assume that's going to come out later. Um, so you know he's he's got all these different things uh, going and. And now he's got uh, the townspeople trying, trying to make friends, and so that he'll go back to being party. their doctor. Yes. Yeah, exactly. and he is so not interested. It was so great. He was like, "They're like surprise," and he's like, "Get out, get out of, of my house," <laughs> which was the perfect response. <laughs> All right, so we're giving that thumbs up. 
I I'm, I'm enjoy. I will say this also has the same problem that uh, Superman has, which is the side stories with some of the uh, locals is yeah. super boring. And fortunately for me, I just fast forward through them. So I don't. Yeah, I don't... I'm getting to that point myself. And you know, I said last week that the stuff with the mayor didn't bother me that much because it was lighter and it was usually over nope. pretty quick. Nope. Well, they stopped doing that this week, and I got really annoyed. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> my patience is wearing thin at there yeah. too. Yeah, the, the the I I'm not I don't mind the sheriff and his assistant or sorry deputy. Uh, I don't mind their stuff as much because I think I just like them better than the mayor. I think I just really don't like the mayor. I think that's my mm-hmm. problem. But uh, or the best friend, I don't like her either. Um, so when when it's the sheriff or the deputy, I'm fine watching whatever they're doing. But anytime I see the mayor's face, and he's especially if he's with the the best friend chick, I can't think of her name. It's all about the fast forward thumb. It's like, ooh, can I can I guess how long this scene is going to be? But anyway, uh, next up, let's talk about Upload. We're going to talk about the first two episodes of Upload because um, that's what I watched. Uh, I know they dropped the whole thing, but and I, I watched the whole thing. Oh, really? Come on, <laughs> oh, <okay>. Allison. <laughs> I, you know me. First of all, they it's very very easy to marathon it because they're there i think they're the episodes are only about a half hour long half hour um yeah and so it's and it just it's it's imminently watchable it is watchable but come on show some self-restraint i have none (laughs) (laughs) because i was in a similar you know i started watching it last night and i was like this is fun the only thing is it did feel a little melodramatic with the relationship thing like she happened to be as a cat to just overhear the one part of his conversation where he doubted their relationship. And I was kind of like, come on. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that stuff felt a little forced. But, I do, and I, I do want to know more about the murder and, and about the other stuff, but I did feel so bad for him at the dinner party. Like, when they brought <laughs> in, they brought in the woman as an avatar for her and he'd been looking for her so hard and thought she was back and she wasn't and it was heartbreaking like that was good like i, I really appreciated all of that but um i want to so- i want to start solving the mystery a little bit like let's unravel the mystery uh tom your thoughts yeah i thought it was interesting that um the episode one really focused on her new love interest uh, Joey's nephew from Joey, or the dude from the the doctor from the first couple episodes of The Expanse before they ganked him. <laughs> oh, that's where I recognize that dude. Paulo from. Costanza. I couldn't figure out where I knew him from. Okay, there you go. Yeah, it's interesting because he looks so much older. I mean, he looks like like a grown up instead of a kid, <laughs> which he is a grown up, but he was playing kind of kid kiddish type roles. Um, I don't find him particularly interesting, though, and we know. He's I don't just either, kind of, and I know he—he's just the he's whole just placeholder, placeholder, right? <laughs> until until she and uh, Robbie and Mel get back together. Um, <laughs> so episode one was kind of eh, but episode two, the dinner party, that was that was pretty good. I, I will I will also <laughs> say the guy you're talking about uh, when they go to her and tell her she, they want her to do some programming and stuff. It I felt like they were using her a little bit. Like oh, it felt like a they, yeah, it felt like a setup, and I was like, definitely. And I also felt like I was like, did he like her at all, or was this just softening her up to get her to do this? That's what I was doubting. 
Well, it's very cultish to begin with. Well, that's true, too. And, uh, you know, whether, you know, he might have been assigned to be your handler, but I think he does have genuine affection for her. But doesn't really matter because we know he's still just a placeholder, an obstacle to Robbie Amell. Right. Pretty much. But at least they're um, getting her back to technology so they can actually, you know, FaceTime. Ha! All right, Allison, go ahead. No, I, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I was I was kind of uh, a little disappointed when she started spending more and more time out in the woods because I yeah. thought, oh, come on. I mean, that's really not, not where she's be- used best. Um, and fortunately, they, they changed that up by the second episode, which was great. And the second episode was hilarious. The entire dinner party was so bizarre and so funny. Um, and the, uh, William B. Davis, his character is so spectacularly evil. Oh, I know. He's like talking about eating gorillas and stuff. He, and he people won't eat anything unless it's endangered <laughs> or intelligent. And she, he was like, how's this any, he was like, how's this any different from us eating dolphins and gorillas? And, and then this other woman was like, but do we though? Do we? <laughs> <laughs> it was so great. It's like, it's like he's so disconnected from what everybody else is doing that he thinks that it's totally normal to eat gorillas and dolphins. And I was like, mm, most people don't do that. Oh, my God. And somebody was like, but do you eat children? Because he was like, they have the intelligence of a six-year-old, and what's the difference? And so people, the fact that somebody had to ask him out loud if he ate children was just like... He didn't really answer that. I know! <laughs> Yes, he he is he is not a, a, a good human being, as you would say. No, even yeah. in death, death has not made him better. He brought he brought a younger, more compliant version of his wife as his dinner guest, which was so <laughs> like, of course you did. Like, come on. I, just, uh, I, I love too when the um, the the AI guy hands her a, a cocktail. And it's like cocktail for the sex toy. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. He's like, stop spying. You don't know what they're doing. <laughs> um, the other thing too um, is the, I, I forget whether it was in the first or the second episode. Um, Cause again, I've watched this whole thing now um, where we get the reveal uh, about Ingrid. Ingrid. Who's Ingrid? Inger, the, oh, that she, wife. she, oh, right. right. She's like, oh, she's the, the girlfriend. She, she's yeah, like, girlfriend. oh, yeah, I, I, I uploaded myself as a sacrifice for you, but she really didn't. She's hanging out really in the bathtub. Didn't. Yeah. <laughs> that whole outfit that she's wearing, though, is just insane. Well, what's hilarious, too, about it, it's like three sizes too big for her. Well, it's not because I, I, I don't remember. If, I, I think it's in, no, it's a later episode where they, they show that there's all these feeler things on the inside of this Ugh. that allows her tactical, you know, th- that's where she gets the tactical sensations. It's uh. like having a, a, like a giant octopus inside of that. Uh. It's totally gross looking, but um, yeah, that's why it's so big. Oh, anyway. And, and then, although I do laugh, considering she's so rich, though, and she wouldn't give that dude a tip, he, she was like, it's in the $13 service fee. And I was like, wow. Wow. But rich people are known to be the worst as far as that's concerned. T- tippers? They are. They're, yeah, they're terrible tippers, and they're they're stingy. Yeah. They yes. really are. So that was... That so was, Yeah, that was crazy. Perfect. But 
Anyway, so let's wrap this up. We're saying thumbs up overall. I can't. I cannot wait for uh, everybody to actually reconnect because basically these first two episodes, the two main characters don't speak to each other. So let's uh, let's see what the next ones hold. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Severance, and this was episode five, right? Is that right? Um. Yes. Um. I am loving this show with every single episode every episode gives you a little more you get more confused what's with the baby goats why is our dude just feeding goats and then he's like they're not ready they're not ready and i was like money for what and so i i still have zero idea what they do at work all these different departments are obviously doing different things but for what I I have personally come to the conclusion that this entire work environment is a giant test. Mm-hmm. Like they're testing human behavior in some way. And I don't know what way, but that's the only thing I can think that makes sense at this point. Because half nobody worked at all in this newest episode. They were all at work. Nobody actually did any work. Everybody was off doing crazy random things, uh, which I didn't mind because the more crazy random things they do, the more we learn. Um, but yeah, it's, it's show is so good. And, and Tom, you you made a comment earlier, like off podcast, about how dark this episode was. Ooh. Well, I mean, both of these episodes, I mean, you know, when in episode four, when she slashes her wrists, and you mean then, tries to hang herself? And then tries to hang herself, and this is the recovery from the hanging. But man, it's just the thing that I the thing I'd appreciate about this episode is they don't pull punches, and you're left to think about the consequences of what's going on. And the more when I watched this episode, I actually rewatched last week's episode and then watched this episode to to get into it because they kind of go together. But what really resonated with me was a comment Allison made last week. The fact that he, by severing himself, he's not allowing himself to grieve properly. We're talking about Mark, right? Okay. Yeah, Mark. Uh, But, man, you just have to wonder what what happened in these other people's lives that made them make this decision, especially with how... For for Hallie's Audi to leave her that awful message. I mean, well, I I'm of the opinion that one they not they might be editing these messages, and two we don't know what they told the Audi to leave a message like that. So I don't know if we can believe what these messages say. Is my my comment? I, I'm not. I, I, I'm going to give them the, the bit. I mean, even though it's an evil corporation of some type. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that whatever happened to her was so awful because we know if Mark, if Mark's Audi, Mark's Audi would do something similar because he is so ill prepared. And the the whole thing with the birth of his, of his niece was so, it was, you know, for, for an event that, you know, a lot of people will call, Oh, the arrival of a baby is a blessed event, man. That did not feel like a blessed event at all. And what was with it, the rich family, the coffee, like that, what was that about? Oh, I think it was just the, the wife needed to get out of his, his sister. No, but I just meant the reaction of the real, the rich lady to her asking for coffee felt weird. 
I yeah. think it was just the idea that she, you know she was being approached by you know a lesser being. A lesser. Ah. She, they, I, this this is a really stratified society that that we're seeing played out here. I mean, it's clearly not uh, it's it's not our world. Um, no. <laughs> and you. and I think just the idea that that she was being approached by someone who's not in her social class was was what she was reacting to. Ah. Okay, because I thought her reaction was very... I was like, she just asked you for a cup of coffee. Why are you acting like... I don't, I don't know. I just thought she was being, she was bizarre with it. Um, but also, I, I like that uh, the team got introduced to... What is it? What's the ODS or whatever? That optical. big off... Optical. Oh, optics and design. Yeah. And, design. and then we find out that they each have different versions of horror stories for each other's department. Which were obviously designed to keep the department the departments away from each other. Separate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's and and I think that's why they make the hall so confusing, so nobody can figure out how to get to anywhere. So it's like a maze. That's why I said I think this is a, literally a test. I think they are testing people in different ways. Yeah, I I think it too. I think there's like um they're being tested in the sense that they're planning on doing this society wide. And this is just, this is their little the dry little run. Oh, you think this yeah. is a dry run? Yeah. yeah. I think this is because they're planning. I think the, the, what, what they're, we're going to learn eventually is how sinister this company is, is that this is what they're planning for the, the world in general. And right. they're just testing them out to see how this works. Right. And they so, and they want to see what kind of different reactions people have, and I think that because uh, um, I said you know if I was in there I would have been a lot more violent you know she's she, Haley's trying to like kill herself I was like I'd have been killing other people, and I think <laughs> that well she's that's... angry at her outer self yeah was, I know revenge against yeah I, her I get other that identity yes yeah. I get that too and then after the hanging thing didn't work then i would then go about murdering other people because i was like i'm getting out of here some kind of way um but also remember we're, we're not talking they've been they've been cut off from who they are fundamentally right they only are who who they are in this situation but i, I, I know but so i'm saying whatever the... she whatever her personality was or whatever her drives would be it's hard to say well if i was there i would be this yeah yeah but i'm, I'm saying there, based on you I know, but I'm saying based on her personality that we're seeing now, I feel like her next move should be this. But I'm saying based on that, the whole bloody rebellion and massacre, I don't find that hard to believe that that actually did happen. I think that 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 absolutely, which is why I think they decided to separate the departments, because when they allowed them to mix, there, there was probably a massacre that happened. That's possible. I mean, it it could go either way, just... A manipulation to to see how they're able to separate people and make them think the, of of another group as the other, right? Um, and how far that can go, or it could be that they pushed it so far that that in fact occurred at some point. Yeah, I think it really did occur, um, but I don't know whose side. I don't think there was really necessarily a side to blame. I think, but I think they used that as fodder to keep the sides apart. But yeah, I do think that this whole thing is a, a test. Um, and I'm, I'm 
really afraid for those poor little baby goats. <laughs> really, yeah. that, that part worried me. That that haunted me afterward. Well, not only that, but when you hear the when you hear the goats initially without before seeing yeah, them, you it think they're babies, human baby. Goat. Yeah. At oh, first, yeah. I, I did think it was a baby. I was like, why is there a baby? And then I was like, well, that baby sounds weird. I thought it was a weird. I was like, that's a really high pitched baby. And then when they revealed the goat, I was like, oh, okay, that's a goat. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, and then that guy was like, no, you can't take them. And I was like, what is going on? What happened that he's so traumatized that somebody took the baby goats from him, obviously, at some other point, that he's ready to to fight for his baby goats. Um, yeah, that's so... And then he's all in this... He's in this dark hallway all by himself. And there's nobody around. And he's obviously there alone, which just... Yeah, this well, is they, a... they upped it. You know, when we talk about this episode being dark, it was literally, literally dark because right. uh, they uh, they upped the ante. I mean, normally when they walk down these endless hallways, we see the entire hallway. And right. in this episode, every space was only lit exactly where people were standing. Right. And other than that, it was a black hole everywhere else. Yeah. It was like, you know, falling into a pit. And and I, that that just made everything a thousand times more sinister. Yep, I agree. But I loved it. I am really enjoying this series, and I would not have guessed how much I I was like I would like this thing. And not for the reasons that seemed obvious. You know, when you see the trailer, it makes you think it's one thing. But once you get into the show, you realize it's something else, and it's fantastic. So thumbs up for me. Yep, me too. All right. If you guys have any questions or comments, leave them at tvcampfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. If you listen to us on getthepointradio.com, sci-fi.radio, Wheatonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Later.